What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop. On Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast show brought to you by FMF and the Fast House, as well as Matrix Concepts Canada. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got the cat himself, goes by the name of AJ Catanzaro. How's it going? Uh, not bad. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Is this the same AJ Catanzaro who did not save my number in his phone and had to ask, who is this earlier today when I texted you? Uh, I hate being that guy. I wish there was a different way to, to say it. You were that guy? Yeah. No, okay. I do have a good excuse. Okay. So I, I bet we had a, a text conversation in my phone that I didn't delete. I just didn't have your number in my phone. Right. And then when I got my new phone, the text conversation was no longer there, so... I didn't know who you were. But I, if it makes you feel better, I saved your number. Fair enough. Well, I appreciate I know that. Uh, and um, it's, uh, it's, it's no surprise, based on how much crap that I give you every single Supercross that I see you, I wouldn't save my number either. Uh, but the fact is, is that I believe this is your third appearance on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Uh, we had you on back in 2015. We had you on again in 2017 and I guess you want to if you can count uh, a couple of in-person interviews this this last year with Supercross when you were uh, representing the uh, Rockwell uh, racing team uh, we've had you on more than a few times AJ you're a fan favorite and also you've been uh, passing on your knowledge to uh, some young athletes as well I think that's what we're going to talk about a little bit here today yeah it's been a busy summer and I think for those people that don't see me at the races they might think that I'd don't have a whole lot going on, but man, it's the Supercross season ends, and it just only That's becomes get more busy. hectic for me. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, almost like a, a little bit of a break when you're uh, when you're trying to uh, put it in the main all all winter long on the Supercross scene. Um, a, the AJ Catanzaro Motocross Scholarship is what it is is called, correct? Or the Mo- MX Academy. Correct. It's the Motocross Academy. We do the scholarships as well to try to help out the students. Right. Well, there's there's two reasons. I have scholarships that are designed for the students who are 
the hardcore guys that are coming back time and time again. So I try to make it as affordable as I can for them. Of course. And then, of course, for the for the people that would love to attend just a single one of them and just don't have the funding to do so. Um, I know what it was like to grow up without having a whole lot of money. So, and I, I know times are tough and the sport is only getting more expensive. So I'm just, I love doing it and I just want these kids to be able to attend as many as they can. For sure. And it's your ability to give back, which I think is why people are embracing it so well. Um, and, and you've also been able to uh, connect some of these young racers with uh, some of the, seriously, some of the who's who of the professional ranks. Not to say that uh, they wouldn't be super pumped to, to meet AJ Catanzaro and the fact that you're, you're a, a phenomenal pro in and of yourself. But when it comes to uh, ACs, um, I, I feel like maybe there's another AC that might be a little bit better known than yourself, and you were able to uh, to get a uh, not AJ uh, Adam Cianciarulo out to one of these things, which he, he's of course uh, battling back from a uh, a knee injury. Uh, so that's been pretty cool. Like like tell, clue us in a little bit on the roster of guys that you've been able to connect with uh, and bring these athletes and their knowledge to uh, some of the uh, some of the result or some of the the academy uh sessions that you've had yeah it's been so my thought process behind that was obviously i'm a good racer but i'm not a top five guy i'm not a top three guy um one night yeah. you were <laughs> one night i was yeah two nights i was what, what was that what was the fourth. first one uh 2013 i got a fourth at indy and in 2014 i got a fifth at st louis St. Louis. I was going to say either St. Louis or Detroit, but I remember one particular year that uh, the, the cat put it in the on the or in the number seventy three, I believe. Correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was the, when I got fourth. I was uh, I was in third the whole race, and then Will Hahn passed me in the last lap. Ah, okay. So I can go fast sometimes, but no, it's just uh, it's it's cool to get the big name guys in with me, and I think it gets everyone pretty excited. We've had Adam Cincerello, Dean Wilson, Christian Craig. Uh, Alex Martin, Tyler Bowers, Matt Baselia, uh The list really goes on and on. We have more coming up. I have Ryan Hughes coming next week. Doug Henry coming up at one. I have Hannah Hodges doing an all girls class this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm just it's it's busy and what's cool about it too is it. I think it brings in a demographic that maybe not necessarily a demographic, but just students that wouldn't have come if it were just myself. Right. And then once they come and they see and really get a taste of my teaching abilities, they return. So it's it's just kind of a good marketing plan. It's also cool to see the top guys in the sport really attest to what I'm saying because when I'm talking and teaching these kids, everything, it, it sounds so simple and basic as I'm speaking it. It's like almost too basic where right. you, you would think these guys have some type of secret. You would think somebody like Adam Santorillo would have some type of secret that even I wouldn't know and that these all these students would not know. But it, it's not. It is the basic fundamentals, and it's just eat, sleeping, and breathing those basic fundamentals from a young age and just really just pounding it, like grinding it into your head. That's all it is. For sure. It's all about uh, great technique and from there, uh, repetition and, and quality repetition. When you're, you're, uh, you're doing it the right way every single time, uh, those 
techniques get ingrained in how you uh, operate the motorcycle. And I believe uh, Ryan Hughes has even said um, in the past, like motocross, uh, for a guy like yourself or a guy like AC, the reason why you're so good is that repetition and the fact that when now once you're practicing those same techniques, you're not thinking about it. It's like it's second nature. It's like walking. Uh, people don't think about one step in front of the other, but they do it every single day. And when you can use those same great techniques that you're able to uh, demonstrate and uh, instill in these athletes on a weekly basis, they can uh, then go ahead and, uh, and practice those and, and basically create those habits as if they are walking, as if they're not having to think about it whatsoever. Right, which is why I think at, there, stop it. Which is why I think at our level, um, it, it's, it's so hard for some people to teach because it is. It's like they're on autopilot and when, they, when it comes time or when they're asked a question, Yesterday, I, I did a class with Dean Wilson, and somebody asked me, I was talking about riding on the balls of your feet with your toes pointed in, and they asked, well, well how do I shift? How do I brake? How, how am I hitting my rear brake and hitting my shift lever if I'm riding on the balls of my feet? Right. And it takes a question like that for you to take a step back and go, oh, wait a second, how do I do that? <laughs> you know, so for somebody like myself, it's really just breaking down every single little detail. And even for my riding, when I'm on the track and I – not when I'm doing motos, because when I'm doing motos, it's time to really just focus on aggression and intensity. But when I put the days aside to do turn track stuff and figure eights and all that corner work, it it helps my riding. And even right now, I'm, I haven't ridden in a couple months. It keeps me sharp. So when I get on the bike, you're kind of ready to go. For sure. And uh, for any level of rider, whether you're a uh, up-and-coming professional or if you're a 65, 50, 85 cc phenom or a beginner, I feel like uh, you, your approach is, is that is one of uh, being very genuine and very patient. Uh, where did you kind of come by that? Uh, because teaching is not something that's, that's easy to do, whether it be getting across the communication that you need to like basically be able to explain what you're trying to do, but also do it in a way that uh, is understandable. And uh, you've got some kind of positive reinforcement behind that as well, because uh, uh, motocross athletes can be a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say sensitive at times, but they definitely need to be uh, um, just communicated with a specific way. Right. Um, yeah, I think for me, it, it started with, I always did well in school. And that was like, um, that was a non-negotiable with my parents. I, my brother and I had no rules really at, around the house. We never got grounded. We were never disciplined. But it was basically like, if you got a C, shit was going to hit the fan. And if you did drugs or alcohol, it like wasn't going to be pretty. So we never messed with how much freedom we had. I mean, we could go out when I was like, 11 years old, I would ride my bike around town until I'd show up at the house at 11 o'clock at night and no one would say anything, you know? And I don't think we messed around with that freedom. But as far as like, and so I focused on school, I made sure I did well in school. That I think that transferred over to then at a young age, at 15, 16, I was trying to really pay my way in racing and I started doing some private lessons and honed my skills with it then. And shoot, I'm getting old. I'm 25 now. I've been I've been teaching for, I guess, 10 years, if you look at it that way. So it's a learned skill. It is hard to get the information across. It's hard to, for lack of a better term, dumb it down enough for people to understand it. Um, 
but it, it's a skill I really, I, I do enjoy it. I, I really do. Because when, when you see that light bulb go off in people, when they finally grasp the topic and understand something, it, it's, it's very, very rewarding. For sure. That, uh, that aha moment when someone's eyes light up and they like, they figured out that one thing that you were trying to get them to, to understand. And then they actually put it into practice and they, they, they rail that rut or they just like the, the, it all comes together. That moment is basically the, in my opinion, the most rewarding thing about teaching is that once you feel yep. that and someone see, like they can, they, they, they know what they, they know it when they feel it. Um, then you, you know that they're going to be able to replicate that over and over again. And maybe like they, they do it 10 times and they only do it once perfect. Uh, but that's enough. And then maybe the, the next time they do it 10 times, they do it twice perfect. And then like, a thousand times from then, they do it ten times out of ten perfect, and it might take that long. But the reality is, is once you've uh, had that aha moment, you can then re- replicate that, and you know what that feels like. Yeah, and it's so cool to see. I, it, the first thing that pops into mind is when we do the breaking drills, just trying to get them to understand the the whole idea behind wheel chatter and using the front and rear brake together without the clutch to initiate that wheel chatter. And people will struggle, struggle, struggle. They'll stall the bike. They'll just kind of idle through and coast through without hitting the brakes hard enough. And then once you finally hear them get it that one time, just a little bit, you just see that light bulb go off, and then they're able to start replicating it. Maybe not 10 out of 10 times, but a handful. And then it just slowly, as long as you tell them to be patient and keep working on it, it'll happen. For sure. I I really do enjoy all It's it's a lot of work for myself, but it's fun. I, I really do truly enjoy it. Absolutely. So, uh, like some of the locations that you've, uh, been, uh, this, this is, uh, like the academy is something that moves around. It's not like you're doing, you're going at, uh, to your local track every single weekend and that's where you're, you're doing this. Like, I, I believe you've done some, uh, the weekend after, uh, some nationals, whether it be Redbud or even Millville with, uh, with Christian Craig. Uh, how do you select the location and is there any way that we could possibly get AJ Catanzaro, uh, to come up maybe next summer? Because I'm looking at your schedule going down September and, uh, you're pretty well booked, but, uh, after that, maybe uh, maybe we could talk about getting you up here next year because I know uh, earlier this summer we also we already had uh, uh, Ryan Hughes come up, who's a guy that you're going to be working with uh, on, I believe, the 14th or the 16th of August. Are you on the West Coast or are you on the East Coast of Canada? I'm dead center, my friend, uh, oh. right above uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Okay. Yeah. No. It, what's cool about this is I've been getting messages from tracks and from riders from all over i'm talking all over the world so for myself like yeah going to some place you know i went to dubai uh i've done some in australia the overhead's going to start to escalate obviously um but it's it's just it's cool way it's a cool way to just expand the brand and to just teach riders in other areas and if if you're going to look at it in no other way, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm getting a cool free vacation. I'm seeing a part of the world that I w- would have never been able to see. My girlfriend and I went to Dubai. That's cool. We hung Tell up me about for a that. week. I taught, a, I taught a couple classes. It was like 130 degrees. We started at 6 a.m. Had to be off the bikes by 10 a.m. because it was too hot. <laughs> wow. But we had such a cool mixing pot of riders because Dubai, basically, they have a bunch of transplants that are in there. Um that are just contracted to work for X amount of time. So we had a bunch of people from Europe, some Australians, some people from the United States, um, and we sold out both days of the class. So the track was amazing in Dubai. I mean, 
Dubai was a very, very cool place to see. And it's just, it's cool how a dirt bike can take you wherever you want to go. For sure. It's the ultimate go anywhere, do anything uh, machine. And it's also relatable. I feel like uh, that same kind of, when you're leaving a track, whether you're in uh, uh, Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, or Winnipeg, Manitoba, or uh, Corona, California, when you're leaving the track and people that you don't know at all are kind of like like giving you the nod and the wave and like uh, like there's kind of a mutual respect and a mutual kind of kinship within motocross riders that uh, uh, we realize that there's some serious uh, risks out there. We, we, we enjoy taking those risks and we love uh, the the feeling that we get from, from doing exactly that. Um, But going all the way out towards Dubai and you find that that same, that same connection is still there. Really cool to see. And I'm sure a very rewarding experience for you. Yeah. And the fact that they even know a guy like me, yeah, you no, know, you go to like you, I travel all the way to Dubai, and they know like they're rattling off results that I've had in the past and bikes that I've ridden, and I was like, what, what the heck is going on here? And whips it's just, that you've it's done. Like, kind of like a surreal moment. I've had that happen in the past, but when you take a second to really step back and think about it, it, it is pretty surreal. For sure, and they know that you've got some fans um, uh, globally. That's that's, that's huge. For, for you um what would you say is like so like, say uh, i'm going to uh take part in the uh aj catanzaro motocross uh, academy what what would you hope that uh, i come away from the day experiencing what what kind of things are you have in store for me and uh i think i'm gonna have to maybe circle a date when you come a little bit closer to winnipeg or if we can possibly get you up here because uh, i coast too much into corners um <laughs> Uh, more often than not, it's hard to get a picture of me not bonerering uh, through the air, as uh, Buddy Antonez was kind enough to point out to me more than a few times in California, um, and uh, and and all that. So, what what, is, what am I going to experience, and what can I expect? So basically, we 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 start with the attack position. We talk about the foundation of like where you stand on the motorcycle, where your body is on the motorcycle, from the feet all the way up to your head without that. And with a rider like yourself, I've never seen you ride, but with pretty much any rider, that's where our main focus is going to be. Um, if you don't have a major understanding of where you should be on the bike, where your weight should be distributed, it just makes everything else really, really difficult to do. Um, from there we go to breaking, cornering, jumping starts. We basically touch base on as much as we can in that six or seven hour time window. And what I always tell people is it is a long day. There's no question. But at the same time, six hours is not enough time to break a bad habit. But it's enough time to be able to pull three or four or five things that you can learn and you can begin to recognize in other riders when you watch so that you can begin to recognize them in yourself. So when you're out on the track and you bone or air it all of a sudden, you're not in the air floating there wondering how you got in that position. You can know, oh, all right, well, I was, too far forward on the bike hitting the takeoff. I blipped the throttle on, on the takeoff and the kicker sent my front end straight up and down. Like you should know what's happening when you end up on the ground and you're brushing yourself off. You should be able to know, Oh shoot. All right. I dropped my inside elbow. My body weight shifted. I, that's why I fell. Let's try to avoid that next time. And it takes time, especially when you're riding. And a lot of people, when they're riding they're they're more so just hanging on for dear life than anything else. <laughs> But I try to get people to just really slow down and think about what they're doing so that they can break these bad habits and mold themselves into just a better, safer rider. 
For sure, and safety, and honestly, uh, safety comes into the, the fact that uh, once you, you feel safer, you, you feel like you can push the limit that much further. When you're in control, you have that sense of mastery. Like I, I, I'm completely in control of the motorcycle. Then you can start to push the envelope, and then you can also focus on some of the other things that uh, the, the mind is, is capable of on the motorcycle, whether it be pinching your, toe, uh, pinching your toes in or gripping the motorcycle with your knees or riding on the balls of your feet. Uh, when you're not in control, it's tough to kind of com- compartmentalize those things that you have to think about uh, to have good technique, especially when they're new habits that you're uh, you're making and maybe some old habits that you're breaking. Oh, absolutely. And I always tell people, like, look at me as an example. I've been riding a dirt bike since I'm two years old. I'm 25 years old now. I turned pro when I was 16. Knock on wood, I, I've very rarely been hurt. And in my mind, I'm 25 and I'm still getting faster on a dirt bike. Whether results show it or not, I'm still getting better and better on my dirt bike and I'm doing it safely because I built this technical foundation when I was so young and I continue to just reinforce that, that I can, when I ride it, just, I never, ever, ever feel like I'm on the ragged edge. I've never in my life felt like, oh my gosh, I'm about to crash at any minute. And I think most people out there are more often than not on that ragged edge. For sure. I, I think that there's a lot of people that probably ride over their heads, especially for those who are uh, quote-unquote weekend warriors. A lot of guys, honestly, like myself, that might only ride once a week, and uh, sometimes that's a race. Uh, you want to push push the envelope yeah. and, and kind of uh, do your best impression of someone who might be faster than you really are, and that's how uh, uh, mistakes happen. Um, that's why I've always been a huge advocate for schools. Um, Nowhere else uh, will you spend that much time on your motorcycle, rather it be a practice day or a race. You're always going to ride more at a school. It's purposeful riding. You're riding with instruction and someone that like, you have a bad habit, you yourself or one of your uh, uh, star-studded guests, you're going to take them aside, correct it, and, and basically practice that brand new tech technique and work it until it's, it's just ingrained in you. And yeah, you, like you said, six hours is not long enough to create uh, something that's 100% concrete in your technique but it's it's long enough to create uh, at least a neural pathway to like you're yeah, I'm aware practice this go yeah i'm aware of it i'm going to continue to work on it uh even when aj is not riding my butt about it exactly exactly so uh what would you say are some of the most uh common issues or so common practices that you see that riders need to get rid of or some of like the some of the, the hurdles that are keeping them from uh being the safest they can be on the track and uh, and having that proper technique what are some of the the most common bad habits you have to break on on the at an academy um i would say there's about three or four major ones um and it, some of these might sound very very simple or like everyone should know better but right you'd be surprised um elbows is a big one like keeping the elbows up and right like what's the first thing you learn when you ride a dirt bike elbows up guys but there's so many people that are not holding the grips correctly that it's just creating that what i say the straight line from your hand to your forearm uh is putting your elbows right tucked by your side and you could be 180 pounds and be able to bench press 350 pounds, but if you're riding with your elbows tucked to your side, you're going to be a, you're going to be a weak rider. Fair, buddy. Absolutely. uh, Sorry, my dog's just all over the place. That's fine. And um, well, another thing. Shoot. Oh, clutch control, big one. Especially kids that grow up on two strokes. 
um, a lot of people rely on the clutch too much, and it, it does become a danger factor. And I'm friends with Justin Barsha, but I always use him as a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody like Justin Barsha is abusing the clutch; it's only creating problems. And I'm sure he would admit to it that if he took the time to just get the bike in the right gear and to rely less on the clutch, it would smooth out his riding. Oh yeah, um, for from sure, a body sure. position standpoint, from the waist down, you see a lot of people riding on their heels, which it the, if you're going to point out one thing as being probably the most important part of your body, it's going to be your feet and your ankles. Um, and people riding on their heels, it's throwing the rest of their body into the wrong position. I could go on and on all day, but <laughs> I would say probably those those two things are like when you throw people into the free practice at the beginning of the day, or you put them up on the stand on the bike and just say, show me your attack position. Um, that's what you're going to see the most frequently. For sure. And like, I think that, uh, like it, it, my best way of kind of explaining it or whenever I'm talking to someone uh, about both those things, actually a friend of mine, like, he's like, Hey, can you, uh, can you, uh, can you give me a tip to change why I don't look like this all the time? He showed me a picture of where he had both elbows way down. And like, cause that, and he was like full throttle at that point. I was like, well, it's clearly because you're, you're obviously not like over gripping the throttle. Like if you, or if you grip the throttle with your elbow up, you could still turn the wrist and that thing's all the way at the stop. Your elbow didn't move. Whereas if you just grab it straight on and yeah, to, to make it turn around, like you could maybe don't like just with your uh, wrist actuation and the range of motion, you're maybe only getting three quarters to, to a half throttle there. So like, to me, that was like the ultimate, like, the, like as far as over gripping and having the the elbow up when you grab the throttle, like from the very beginning. And then also, like, say, like you yourself are a very gifted mountain bike rider. Nobody in the wildest dreams would ever imagine riding a mountain bike through a trail on the arches of their feet. They would always put their feet. Uh, you'd always ride on the ball of your feet. So why is it different for a motocross bike? Why don't people automatically uh, think to ride with their uh, with their with the ball, their balls on the feet, which is basically your same idea? Like you're going to put your feet on the pedals the same way you would the foot pegs. Oh, exactly. And you see that trend. You made a good point with the mountain bike thing. You see somebody like myself with a very fundamentally sound technique on a dirt bike. How well it can translate over to a bicycle. I just got back from Whistler for a little trip with the with the boys. I saw and that. that looked like fun. My dad's there right now. Probably the most fun. Hopefully my girlfriend doesn't listen to this. Probably the most fun trip I've ever been on in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. And when I was there, I, I got hooked up and rode with, you know, some of the best riders in the world. And if from what we wrote, like they weren't above my skill level. It didn't seem like, like we were riding all the same stuff, riding the same speed. And I have very little experience on a downhill mountain bike. So it was just basically me using everything I know on a dirt bike. And it just translated right over to mountain bikes nowadays are so darn good. It pretty much felt like a dirt bike. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the suspension, maybe even a little bit more sophisticated than some dirt bikes. Uh, cool to see you head out there and enjoy yourself. Take, take a small break from the AJ Catanzaro MX Moto X Academy. Um, and you've been working at this for a number of years, like you'd mentioned earlier. Where can people find more information on it? Where can people connect with you? And uh, what are some of the events that you got coming down the pipe? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, check out my 
social media, so Facebook, Instagram, at AJ Cat and Zero, or AJ Cat and Zero Moto X Academy. Um, you can go to AJCatandZero.com. We have a full schedule posted there as well. Um, shoot, off the top of my head, we have this Sunday in Connecticut. We're, we're with Hannah Hodges for an all-girls school. Next Thursday, the 16th, we're in West Virginia with Ryan Hughes at Tomahawk MX. Um, I want to say from there, we go to Illinois to Lincoln Trail Motorsports with Dean Wilson. We're going to have one at 104 MX, I believe, also in Illinois on that same weekend. And shoot, we're we're going to be all over the map. So I'm going to be a busy guy until probably November. And then I'm just going to be focusing on myself at that point for Supercross. Yes, sir. And I believe also on the 17th of September, you can find yourself at uh, in Meadow Valley MX, Millville, Minnesota. I might have to circle that on the date because that's the closest one to me. And uh, by that, by then, uh, I should probably uh, have uh, full range of motion uh, from my hand back. For those who don't know, uh, a really stupid incident for myself at work the other day sliced my hand pretty good 14 stitches actually one fell out so i guess 13 stitches now uh so um yeah it's all a picture no joke yeah no That's serious no joke. yeah it's a, a serious cut but uh by september 17th one month basically from now uh a month and change i think i might be able to uh to come out to that so um yeah have well, you been to that track i have not but uh have you it's awesome yeah, yeah. we did one uh there with christian craig right okay. after millville and it is literally right next door to Spring Creek. Is it the sand it's track? in Millville, Minnesota. Is it what? Is it a sand track? Because I've been to a sand track near Millville, but I haven't been to... No. Okay. No, it's actually pretty hard packed. Uh, okay. Pretty jumpy, lots of elevation. It's, it's a really cool spot. All right. So that'll be a phase two class, which, yeah, it'll be a blast. We won't have any guest instructors there. It'll just be myself, but um, smaller class size, probably 15 to 20 riders. So, yeah, it'll be good. For sure. Gonna have to circle that date, maybe see if uh my good friend Dave Drakes from the Collective Experience can uh, haul his ten year old four stroke out of retirement to uh <laughs> to come attend that one. Uh before I let you go, AJ, you've been an integral part of the collective experience. Uh we're currently uh giving away one of your awesome jerseys from FXR that I believe that you had on your back at some point. This past year, uh, tell me a little bit about working with uh, with Dave and uh, what entails with what someone might experience if they were to uh, take take you up on uh, the collective experience coming this uh, this next year with Supercross, which uh, I assume that you'll be uh, all systems go. Yeah, absolutely. Dave is somebody I've known for a long time. I met him in um, Connecticut racing, just local races back home when we were little. He's an awesome dude. I mean, he just has such a passion for the sport and really anything two wheels. He's an engineer at um, Harley Davidson, and it just it's cool to see somebody integrate themselves into the sport. And he's he's made quite an impact over the past few years. So the collective experience fans can sign up to essentially shadow their favorite rider for the day. So guys like myself, um, Seven Deuce Deuce, Adam Entignap, uh Tyler Bowers is. Henry Miller, there's been a bunch of guys that have done it. And you're you're part of the team for the day. So for somebody on the outside looking in, it's 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 quite like an extraordinary different experience. I mean, I've had people go down to the line with me. Um you come off the track and 
they're the ones showing you the video they took. So they become really, especially for privateers like myself, all hands on deck, like every, every, every little bit helps. So when you have somebody there that can, you know, help film or help point out some things, help run you some food, like whatever the case may be, it's just cool to have that extra person around. And uh, the collective experience, we're doing something cool. I have a spot in the 125 class for a straight rhythm coming up in October. Right. Yeah. So we have a we have a pretty awesome build going on a KX125, and we're going to do something I think pretty special with the collective experience there. So we'll be announcing something with that soon, and uh, I think people should keep their eyes out because the whole our whole game plan for this 125 build is is going to be people are going to be pooping their pants. <laughs> it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm I'm excited about it. So. Yeah, anytime you can hop on a KX125 is a positive thing as far as I'm concerned because I own one. Um, but uh, looking forward to seeing you on that. It's a pretty tight-looking machine as it is right now. It's only get better. People, uh, please follow AJ Catanzaro on Instagram as well as uh, AJ Catanzaro Moto X Academy. Uh, everyone can uh, benefit from learning how to be safer, faster, and enjoying their motocross bike just that much better. And I think that uh, everyone can do so by uh, taking part in an AJ Catanzaro Moto X Academy riding school. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on, AJ, to kind of give us a little bit of an insight as to what people may, might expect. And some of the, I'm, I'm sure more than a couple of times during this podcast, uh, my listeners will be like, yeah, I do that correctly. Yeah, I could probably work on that. So if that's the case, please give this guy a follow. And uh, I think that uh, if, they, if they'll take, take uh, the opportunity to, uh, to, to learn, I, I think they'd be uh, better for it. So I appreciate you coming on and letting us know. Oh, thank you for having me. Hopefully I can make it up to good old Canada soon. Yes, sir. I, I, we'll we'll uh, put that in the works for next season. Absolutely. Like uh, I am a huge uh, proponent of, of schools locally. We don't have nearly enough of them, and I think that's another reason why our uh, local scene is actually suffering as far as numbers because I think you'd agree that uh, like a lot of times like riders like to att- attend a few schools before they ever t- attend a race because – that's what actually gives you the confidence to think that you can race is that you've actually learned a few things and you're like, yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've, I learned how to go through corners or I know, like I'll, I'll go to that race. Cause I, 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 I know how to do that jump or this, that, and the other thing. Like I'm not going to yeah. be a total spot out there and you give people that a confidence to go out there and race. And it's keeping people from getting hurt. That's a lot of people quit the sport at an early age because they're getting hurt time and time again. You know, if we could fix that technique and keep them safer on their bikes, they'll stay in the sport longer, which is, what we all want so yes sir more people on motocross bikes is a good thing aj catanzaro for the aj catanzaro moto x academy appreciate you kept making the time my friend everyone go follow him on instagram don't hang up just yet but for podcast sake we're going to cut it off right there thank you sir